What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 106 of Smack Talk from SmartOutMoment.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. With me on the mic this evening, we have Mr. Payton himself, Mike Payton. Mr. Payton himself, Mike Payton. Exactly. Mike Payton from New York, from New York. <laughs> but that's not all. We also have you on the line. That's right. This is a special live edition of Smack Talk, the second of three that we have on schedule for this year. A few months ago, we did the Summer Block Party episode, and in a few months, we're going to have another one smack dab in the middle of the road to WrestleMania. And this episode, being in the fall season, is dubbed the Fallout Fest, because I couldn't think of anything better, sadly. The Fall Brawl. I thought about it, but they War games. Somebody took it already. We're not oh. gonna just going to go with War Games. <laughs> yeah, it's not like anybody remembers who that was. At least I didn't go with Fall Down. <laughs> that could have been the worst. <laughs> Uh, we have no set main event for you this evening, and instead, the special feature is going to be the monthly mailbag questions that you guys have sent in before, and we're going to be taking those calls live. So if you want to join in on the discussion and call into the show, you can dial up 760-512-7247 or hop onto Skype. We're here at blogtalkradio.com slash megapowersradio, or you can find us at megapowersradio.com. We're going to be also giving an archived version of the show on YouTube and iTunes and Stitcher per normal, but things are going to be a little less organized than normal. We're going to cover all the hot tags. We're going to do an Ask Him, but we're not going to do everything in the same pattern that we usually do. So right now we're waiting for Burhan to get on the line. We're not sure if he's got an Ask Him question or 50, which that was kind of uh, something that we were thinking about doing, but... We're going to dive right into the weekly hot tags, and I've been taking notes of a lot of things that have been happening this week. Some big things, some little things. Uh, let's do a kind of middle ground thing first. WWE mentioned before that they were going to have an animated series, and now apparently they're going to have another one. WWE what? Slam City. Have you heard about this? Uh, no, I heard about the one in the camp. Now, what's this one about a city? Is this the one that's going to be like the R-Truth slash Crime Time version? <laughs> Maybe it will be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's actually that many details about it. Um, it seems like they're probably trying to go for like the kid market in things for WWE Network. But then there's also rumors that it might be on the YouTube show. It might be just something that they put on WWE.com instead of on YouTube. I don't really know, but this is the second animated show that they've mentioned in, what, two, three weeks? Mm -hmm. So they definitely have something in mind here. Now, have they mentioned any big names that are going to be working on this? Any writers or even maybe voice actors? As far as I know, none of them have been announced. Not like the other one where they said that some people that had been working on The Simpsons would. Mm -hmm. This is just one of those quick things that you know may, may not even be true in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things. But... Um, Slam City is the only thing that really we have to go by. Slam City, and it's um, an animated show. So who knows? Maybe it'll end up being what one of the rumors is talking about, where it could be an offshoot of those little action figures that they have, the Rumblers or whatever they're called. <laughs> they might even call, be called the Slammers. I don't know for sure. They, they uh, are called the Slammers, I believe. Or maybe they are the Rumblers. I don't know. They all have different names. I don't know. They all sound exactly the same. <laughs> But uh, those little things that, like, you press a button and they just kind of flip around and don't actually do any wrestling moves. They just kind of pop up like they stepped on a landmine. 
So maybe the show is going to be about that. There's a bunch of landmines all over a city, and the Miz steps on one and blows up, and I don't know. If all you guys, the kids rejoice. <laughs> all the other kids get really happy about it. There's just like applause happens after every time that that happens. Uh, if you guys have any opinions on this, remember, 760-512-7247. You can call in and talk about this or anything else that we talk about tonight or just bring up your own ideas. We're going to go back and forth between hot tag stuff and monthly mailbag questions and your calls throughout the entire two hours <laughs> that we're here. I got to give shout outs to Brian, the brain show in uh, in the chat room here. He actually came up with a very good joke. He said you were talking about how everything will just be always blown up and he follows it up with. So it'll look like Cena always does. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be only five cast members of Slam City. It's going to be five minutes long and it's just actually going to be subtitled the five moves of doom. <laughs> <laughs> the guest appearance by Ryback. Yeah. You blink, you'll miss him though. Well, that actually brings up another topic. Ryback, the rumor going along with him right now isn't that he'll be fired, which a lot of us kind of assumed would happen, but that he might turn babyface. And we could see him either fed to Brock Lesnar or just having a match with Brock Lesnar where he might end up winning, but you got to assume that he wouldn't, at Royal Rumble. Uh, the story that could end up happening with that is Paul Heyman, when he dismissed him on Raw and really buried the hell out of him. We were talking about that on the Raw post show. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that going forward, Ryback will kind of look to get vengeance on Paul Heyman and do the exact same thing that CM Punk did for... 15 months straight it seemed and Brock Lesnar will come in to take care of Ryback well here's the problem with this are people really going to look at Ryback as a hero and get behind him on his quest to chase Paul Heyman are people going to care I don't know and you know what I think that we, we could end up having with this not people only, cheer Brock Lesnar <laughs> <laughs> not only exactly would they cheer Brock Lesnar but it would also be really rushed and just take place at the Royal Rumble and what's happened before with Brock Lesnar that put a damper on some of his feuds was no matter what uh, other person he was feuding with, if they didn't have Lesnar pop up a lot, it really kind of just seemed like they were waiting to just have a match and then that was the end of it. And Ryback is not somebody who can build a promo, uh, build a, a program through promos. So I don't know how they're going to accomplish this. Maybe he comes back with a new manager. Maybe he comes back with, uh, like, a pretty lady. Huh. What about uh, Jim Cornette? <laughs> That's not what I think of when I think of pretty lady, but okay. <laughs> I'm thinking of who can match Paul Heyman as far as managers go. You know what? It's funny. I was just listening to another podcast that I enjoy called the Old School Wrestling Podcast, and they were talking about a time, I believe it was in either Mid-South or Jim Crockett, and it was the new Midnight Express against the old Midnight Express. One of the teams was managed by Jim Cornette, and the other one was managed by Paulie Dangerously. Hmm. And they just said, wow, this is like the two greatest speaking managers of all time coming up and going against each other. And that was like in, I think, 85? Or a really long time ago. So to be able to get that again in 2013, I couldn't even imagine. And you know what? I don't care if it's Ryback and Lesnar or if it's uh, Yoshitatsu and Curtis Axel or what. If you give me two people managed by Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman, I'm going to be into the feud. And you know, Zeb Coulter is no slouch right now either. I'm still enjoying what he's doing. Hmm. I don't think that he could be a part of this. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty tough for him to be the baby face. People do chant for We the People, but 
I don't know, that seems like a jarring transition from uh, the racist character that he's doing to just, like, supporting Ryback. <laughs> Who knows? They've done different stuff before, though. Yeah, I mean, what I think we need to see is just someone new. And I, I we haven't seen a truly new face as a manager in, in how long. I think the last one we saw was Armando Estrada, and he was short-lived. He did his one little stint with Umaga, then he did the GMEVCW, and then he tried to be a wrestler for, what, two weeks? And that was it. Hmm. And since then, you know, I guess, you know, AJ Lee did a little stint as a manager of sorts. Who else? Nobody. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else, really, that could play that part. Huh. Um, well, so once again, Brian, the brain in the chat mentioned someone by the fellow by the fellow by the name of R-Truth, I think, would transition well into that. Um, even someone like maybe a JBL, I think, could be an excellent manager for somebody. Ah, JBL definitely would. What if Booker T did? Booker <laughs> T, I don't know if he would work for that. Can you imagine a Booker T and Ryback team? <laughs> <laughs> Feed him more, sucker! Ryback cuts a really terrible promo, and Booker just looks at the camera and just goes, Tell me he did not just say that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so, what you guys just heard, we have another person on the line here, Miguel Leon. What's up, Miguel? That, that whole team just sounded terrible. <laughs> what we're talking about right now is the idea that's going around where Ryback and Brock Lesnar could be feuding at the Royal Rumble. And Ryback could go in as a babyface because of the whole Paul Heyman situation uh, of him dismissing him. What do you think about that? I think that's a terrible idea for Ryback because you know he's going to be fed to, to Brock Lesnar. There's no way that if they're going to set up something pre- WrestleMania that they're going to make Brock Lesnar look bad. They're going to set up Lesnar to be one of the big attractions for WrestleMania. More than likely against The Undertaker if the deal with The Rock doesn't go through up to that up up to that point. So, I just I I have no interest in seeing Ryback lose another a match. I've got a big rant in terms of Ryback that I'd like to go into, but I'll wait till you guys allow me to have the floor before I can do that. Uh, you know what? Go with it right now. Yeah, go. All right. Look, I let me just start off by saying I'm a big fan of guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan as well. But the IWC guy in me, in the back of my mind, always told me the chances of these guys getting over because of WWE's whole body fetish that they have are kind of slim. So, you know, I, I in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, it's great that these guys are getting over, but I don't know if they're going to really make it to the top. And clearly... You know, we've seen with the way Vince has booked them that they haven't really hit that. Ryback, on the other hand, was a guy that got over. They got him over, you know, pretty substantially. And he's also, he, he has the look. He's got the look that WWE wants. He's not a great wrestler, but in, in the wrestling business, you don't have to be. And they managed to get this guy over, a, a big guy. I mean, when was the last time a big guy with that size actually got over with the fans. I think the only guy I can think of would probably be Batista. Yeah, probably him. And it seems like they finally get a guy over that the fans like. And for no real reason, they just decided, yeah, we're going to bury this guy. And it's, it's frustrating because, you know, like I said, I, I've rooted for Punk and, and Brian, but in the back of my mind, I couldn't trust that they would actually pull the trigger with these guys. Ryback, in the, in the back of my mind, there was no reason to. I mean, there was no reason to not push the guy. I mean, he has the look. He was believable. You know, I saw the Royal Rumble when he stood toe-to-toe with John Cena in that last bit. The fans were into him. They wanted to see him 
be the top guy. And you always heard rumors that Ryback was seen at, at one point as like, you know, he was going to be as big as John Cena, some were saying. I think Vince on record was saying that Ryback had the potential to be the number two babyface. I mean, it's been so long that a guy got over and was pushed to the and was pushed to the top, and Ryback was seemingly going to be that guy, and I was okay with it. And then they just cut his nuts out from under him <laughs> so bad, and it, it really it got me angry because it's like, what's the incentive for me to root for anybody anymore? You know, I mean, I rooted for Brian and they killed him. I rooted for Punk and they killed him, even though he got into a situation where they kind of had no choice but to push him. And, you know, I rooted for Ryback, and I was like, all right, Ryback, this guy, this guy's going to be the guy that the fans are going to put into the main event. And almost out of spite, they, kill, they, they killed him. You know, there's not, there's, you guys said it on your post show on Raw. I mean, when, he lo- when you're losing to R-Truth, there's, there's no going back. And it's just, it's upsetting to me because I, I feel like as a fan, I can't be behind anybody because there's no point. There's no incentive. They're not going to be a big star. They're not going to be made to look like anybody. And it's just as a fan that bugs me, that, that really does anger me, you know? I don't know if that's, I'm just thinking too much into it, but you know, it just, it sucks. It really does. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine if that was the case in the Attitude Era where every time a guy got over, they would just kill him just to spite the fans or something? WWE would have been dead. I mean, WCW proved that, basically. Well, I think you're looking at different eras in time. Now, actually, I think the WWE was more desperate to find that new star because WCW stole all their major talent. At the moment, they they seem comfortable in their lull. Now, that voice you're hearing right now, everybody, is Michael Berhan back to the show. What's up, Mike? Uh, good. Having a bit of Skype issues. Do apologize um, not being on. For some reason, it wanted to crash then update. So <laughs> I was stuck in limbo for a bit. Well, if you guys aren't having any Skype problems, you guys can call in via Skype. Or if you are having Skype problems and you want to call in with your phone, 760-512-7247 to join in the discussion. What we were just talking about right now, uh, Miguel just gave his thoughts on the idea that Ryback might be turning babyface and feuding with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. What do you think about that, Burhan? I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think Lesnar, they've got a set path for him, and that's basically to go after Taker. Um, in in my opinion, I think they're going to probably feed Ryback to Axel, maybe have a few of those guys going on in terms of the IC title, uh, and, and maybe... May just just a smidge give Ryback a chance at the IC title, maybe have him win that and uh, hold that championship as a traditional uh, champion. So it'll give him one last chance to show that he's worth something. Um, in terms of Lesnar, he's going towards Taker. I think the only thing you can do at this point with Ryback, if they're really serious about making him into something substantial, I think a guy like him needs to take a good six to eight months off. Just take him off TV, let people forget about him, and just rebuild, just rebuild that, rebuild the guy, because I, I still, I'm not ready to give up on Ryback, I know Wago really was eating crow by, um, by last week, because of the whole, uh, R-Truth thing, but I just, he got over with me, and it's, it's hard, once you're over, for me, that's it, you know, you, you've got something to work off of, so I think there's still hope for him, I mean, look at Mark Henry, you know, people were giving up on him in, by the mid-2000s, mid to late, and then all of a sudden he just pops up and got back all of his steam. And I think Ryback could could do that, but you got you got to recoup and rebuild. You know, I, no, I, I think. What was that? No, I agree. Um, 
But the thing is, I wouldn't give him time off. I would get him in a position where it's kind of sink or swim. Sort of put him in the mid-card, give him a mid-card title, make him that guy. See how he works with that. And if he can carry that championship, if he can make something off that, um, then you know push him back up to the World Heavyweight Championship. I think the damage has been done too much. I think I think you got to have the people forget about your past um, problems before you can really make that push in the case of Ryback. I mean, he's lost so many matches and just been made to look like such a fool as of late. It's just I think you got I think that's it's been so bad that you got you got to give the fans some time to forget about your past before you can craft your future. You know, and I no think no one forgets. That's the problem. No one forgets. And I'd rather acknowledge those mistakes and, and push him in a different direction uh, rather than take him off of TV altogether because then you've got one less body who, while he's away, you may even release him because he's not doing anything. And you don't want to do that. Don't put him in a lull. We got Stephen Wago on the line. Speaking of Wago, what's up, Stephen? I'm good, man. I just got in from work. Uh, happy to be here. Better late than never. All right, to catch you up to speed, what we were just talking about, we're going to be moving on to a different segment or a different topic in a moment, but uh, your thoughts on Ryback possibly turning babyface and feuding with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Okay, I don't know where the hell that came from, but um, I'm against it. Um, I'm all for Ryback turning babyface, but putting him against Brock Lesnar is a waste of one of Brock Lesnar's appearances. Brock Lesnar's a lot bigger star, and he needs to be used with guys that are ready to go up to the next level, and that's going to be a long time before Ryback's there again. Um, had this, That would have been a match I would have made um, several months ago, back when Ryback was still hot, but no, not now. Um, so, yeah, I'm against it. I'm not for a Ryback turn, but save Brock for guys like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, etc. Hmm. All right, another topic that we've got that's actually a pretty important one. Cassius Ono was released, so there's no hope of the Kings of Wrestling being a tag team in WWE anymore. I mean, unless, of course, he does what other people have done in the past where they come back after being released, but that doesn't happen with everybody. And if you follow the rumors beforehand that he was told to get in better shape and was apparently lazy about it, I don't know if that's really necessarily a possibility. Um, I was not the biggest follower of Chris Hero, so I don't know too much about what I'm missing out on, but I heard great things, so I'm kind of disappointed in this, but you never know, maybe that's, uh, everything happens for a reason and we're actually dodging a bullet or something, or maybe he's dodging a bullet, who knows. Uh, switching, uh, this all around, Payton, what do you think about this? Who? Oh, I mean, who? <laughs> Oh, okay. No, I, I, you know, whatever it was that made him not catch on there, if, if you want to believe it's because he couldn't get his size up, that's well and good. From what I watched of the guy, he really didn't seem like anything all that special. I believe Antonio Cesaro was the, uh, the Shawn Michaels of the team, and Chris Hero is officially earning his stake as the Marty Jannetty. Hmm. You think that's a little... A little harsh, or do you agree with that, Brian? I think that assumption is completely and utterly harsh. The, the thing is, with Hero, he put on some awesome matches with guys like Regal. He's, time on the indie circuit, he did amazing 
uh, matches with guys like Punk and Bryan. He was a huge single star before he became a huge tag team talent with the Kings of Wrestling. He can do both. Now, in my opinion, um, I think it's not because they wanted him to beef up and be a muscle guy. I think mostly it's because they wanted him in better shape. He was flabby. He had love handles. He looked like a piece of crap in terms of his body. And for a guy his size, he should have actually been in, in far better shape. And him refusing to get into proper shape, I think, was his downfall. And because he wouldn't follow suit, he wouldn't do what was asked for him, then they, they wanted to get rid of him. And um, I don't see that as a bad thing. I think he'll learn from it. And maybe when he's ready to come back before it's too late, he will. Um, if he gets older and he still hasn't learned his lesson, then you'll probably never see him again. What do you think, Miguel? I think it's unfortunate. I think I think WWE has such has had such great success with ROH guys that it's it's really got to be something made. Not it's hard to say. I mean. First off, I don't know much about Chris Hero. I just pulled up a few matches of his that I might I might watch after um after we do um Smart Out moment just to see what this guy's about. Um at first when I first heard this, I thought, okay, maybe they got rid of him because they just had nothing for him. I mean, they've got so many great talented guys over there like like um god, what's his name? Tyler Breeze and uh Leo Kruger, Bo Dallas. Uh, don't stop yeah. believing. Yeah, I, I kind of had to like flinch a little bit when I said that. But um, um, what's the what's Consequences Creed's name? Uh, Xavier Woods. I mean, they've got so many great single stars over there. It's not like they're lacking on talent to bring up to the main roster. So to me, it just could have been a situation where they had so many other guys to pull up that they just had nothing for him at the time. Um, but if it, if that if his body type was so bad that it was hindering him like that, then maybe that's the case. I think it's unfortunate. Personally, I I, I don't feel bad for the guy because I do think he, he's going to be making big bucks on the indie circuit now since he's had somewhat of a name as being a part of WWE. And there's always a little company in Orlando that's willing to take in more ROH talent. So I would rather he stay on the indie circuit because if the company in Orlando takes, on, takes him there, his career's dead. <laughs> <laughs> It's been working out for Austin Aries so far. What do you think, Wago? You gonna miss Cassius Uno? Oh, I couldn't give a shit where this guy's going. I think as far as his indie career goes, it's easy to look fucking good in a small pond. Um, he was one of the, he was a bright star on the indie scene, but I hate to say it, when it comes to the WWE talent, um, the indie scene isn't as good as people make it out to be. They're um, groomed for TV. They're groomed for high performance and. Unfortunately, you've got to have the whole package going down there. He's high, he does look... I, he was wearing this black and green combo singlet before, and he looked fucking terrible. So I can see why WWE told him to get in shape. And he did improve if you look at his physique a little, but there wasn't anything dramatically better there. And I think it's just a matter of the guy was... The guy looked great on the indie scene, but as far as WWE standards goes, he's so-so. Um... I mean, he should have taken a page out of uh, Sami Zayn and just learned to roll with what WWE wanted. I've got not much to say about the guy. Um, he'll have plenty of work in Ring of Honor and other indie places like uh, your PWGs, but as far as the WWE talent goes, eh, take him or leave him. I'm not really bothered about him going away. 
If you got something to say, remember everybody, you can call in via Skype or 760-512-7247. We're going to be taking your calls about these kind of topics or anything else that you have on your mind. And we're going to be actually switching it up a little bit here. And instead of just doing all the hot tags in a row, we're going to do something a little bit different here. We're going to do one of the monthly mailbag questions that was sent in to us. Ooh. Actually, what are there two of them? Because they're both very much the same. Via Andre Rosa, he asks, number one, is there something in life that you like, but most people tend to dislike? And I'm going to pass it to you guys right off the bat, because honestly, I can't think of anything that I have that fits into this category. For the most part, everything that I tend to like. I can find some people that like it too. So, uh, keeping this circle going, Peyton, what do you like that most people don't like? Mm. Full House. Really? A lot of people yeah. don't like it. No, a lot of people from our group, but uh, hmm. there's a lot of hipster hate against it. Like, oh, it's 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 Bob Saget and it's the Olsen twins, so it's gotta suck. Kind it's of it's too wholesome for some people, and we live in this generation where you can't have family fun. Everything has to be extreme and <laughs> cursing and killing. We were talking a lot about that on our Quentin Tarantino episode of Geek Speak this week, how you, you can't just be fun anymore. You can't be good, clean fun. you you got to have grittiness to you, and that's what we've embraced. So, yeah, I, I see a lot of people who put hate down to Full House, but I still thoroughly enjoy it, and that goes for almost anything that's on like the Nick at Night scene. Uh, even going back to the old, old shows like the I Love Lucy's and the Bewitched and the I Dream of Genies. I enjoy those. I wouldn't say that everything is, is uh, dark and twisted because you still have a lot of the, the a lot of the Chuck Lorre programs like How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory and stuff, which are still lighthearted. Two of my favorite yeah, shows. To a degree, I would say. Burhan, anything that you like that nobody does, uh, tends to like? Um, I'm with Hayden. Uh, the the wholesome sort of bubblegum shows. I love Full House. That's one of the things that got me into Bob Saget. Um, I'd, I'll go one further. I used to be, uh, until I actually met some like-minded people who liked it, professional wrestling. You know, most of the people I used to hang out with hated it, and I was ridiculed because of it. So I'm going to add that onto there as well. Well, wrestling's fake and gay. <laughs> what do you think, Wago? Anything you like that nobody does? Um, these two kind of fall hand in hand, but, um, Han Dynasty, uh, Han China Dynasty, um, history and, uh, <laughs> Dynasty Warriors in general. I brought, um, Dynasty Warriors, like, back when the PS2 and I ended up getting really involved in the history, so I don't really have anyone to discuss that with, but it's my own little guilty pleasure. Huh. What about you, Miguel? You mean there's not forums about that on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're all for the games, but none of the actual just general history shit. No, I was, was going to say, like, there aren't, like, Chinese history forums. You can go and chat with other Chinese history nerds. Those don't exist. We should buy uh, Scoop Scoop there... and Sports 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 dot Sports. <laughs> we should get, uh... Yeah, but they're probably, all, they're probably all fucking Chinese, and I don't understand Mr. Ching Lang Pao. <laughs> well, that's why you gotta get the Google Translate uh, app for uh, Chrome. It just translates the whole thing no. for you. Or you can get the WWE app. 
<laughs> I don't think that does everything. And as, we go, and as we go to break, and for, um, Tony will show you how to use the WWE app. To vote for your favorite dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Heart Dynasty. There yeah, there you go. Miguel, what do you like that nobody that you know ends up liking as well? Um, in Well, in terms of my local crews, I'd probably have to go with the whole wrestling thing, but I'm going to expand on that and say wrestling from an IWC perspective because I know a few people around here that are into wrestling but they're mar- they're they're marks yeah, I mean they, they talk they 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 talk to me as if they actually believe it so I have to kind of tone down like yeah 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 how about that shield you know <laughs> I thought you were gonna say TNA yeah I was gonna say why'd you just go ahead and say it TNA. <laughs> okay you know what fine TNA then I I I, I still have hope in that company I I I I, I do think that I kind of I I agree with Mark Madden. I think there needs to be a second group. You can't let Vince have the dynasty because it just if you thought that the product is bad enough as is with Vince thinking he's number one, imagine how it would be when Vince actually is number one and there really is no game in town. I suppose number three. <laughs> well, you know, Ring of Honor, but I can I can uh, I don't know. I mean, R- R- Ring of Honor actually, uh, by, by comparison to TNA, aren't they like? considered technically successful i mean i don't think they're in the black in the red too much as far as expectations yeah they're they're way more successful than tna they're in they're actually in the black believe it or not oh they're actually doing they're actually making money they are making money they're making money on shows they're making money on pay-per-views they're making money off everything um in in the, the standard of tna they're working more towards what wwe is and that's where their problem is they should be looking at themselves as an indie promotion well, let me, ask, uh, let me ask you a question about that, not to go off, off tangents from the question, but there, there's something that always, I've always had an idea of something. Do you think TNA, because one of the big issues is that TNA doesn't have much of a, of a uh, reach in terms of their local advertising. Do you think they should go the route of ROH and maybe try to pick up a syndicated package that they can put on like local TV stations in their markets? I think TNA's done. Mm-hmm. I think that nothing right now that they do can actually salvage that company. And what we need, if we're going to get an actual second company that puts up a fight against WWE, we need to get some kind of a combination of TNA and ROH. And we need totally new management. And we need a totally new name and everything else. They can't just kind of bring somebody on board, especially if it's somebody like Billy Corgan. And just right. kind of go, okay, well, TNA's different now. I think that the TNA brand name is already shot. I think if you want an alternative product to the WWE, I wouldn't mind a bit of, um, you know, like Dragon Gate USA type thing where you have both American and Japanese cultures. I think it would add a definitely good alternative. Yeah, I think that I think that style, that, that Japanese style, is really the only other option in this day and age that is different from WWE. And I use ROH as an example. Because I was thinking about that when I was like, you know what, what happened to the to the mid-2000s ROH? You know, the one that everybody was geeking out over when they were at their prime. And it was it was when they were doing the strong style. It was actually during the Gabe Sapolsky era where they had those big, long, you know, those those really rough matches to watch. I mean, the, the early Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness matches. And then it seemed like their big drop-off was when Jim Cornette took over. And, and I love Jim Cornette, but when he took over and really slowed the product down... That was pretty much the beginning of of the downfall of ROH. I, I disagree with that. I think it was when WWE was taking all their fucking talent. 
No, because they've always had talent got, talent uh, come in through at certain periods. They've always had guys, whether it be the AJ Styles, Chris Daniels, Loki era, the Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness era, uh, you know, the Austin Aries era. They've always been able to rotate talent, and they've always had a guy in the main event that really was able to carry the product, you know, pretty solidly. So I don't think it was a talent issue. I think it was a style issue. I think once they stripped away that thing that made them different because no one was doing that kind also, of stuff. Also, what you got to remember, they finally started doing television at the same time, so that also results in the whole company's format changing too. So it might not necessarily be Cornette, but just the changes are not being capitalized on the right way. True. I think true. it's it's basically the company themselves have, has changed. They, they've drifted away from what they used to be about, which was the hungry talent looking to, to put a name for themselves now to guys just looking to get a WWE contract. I don't believe that anyone in that company at the moment is hungry. Let's switch this up a little bit with Andre's other question, which is the opposite of that one. Is there something in life that you dislike, but everybody else seems to like? And I'm going to just throw something about myself out here that some people might know if they follow outonlimbs.com, one of my other websites. I'm a very picky eater. I don't like condiments like uh, ketchup and mayonnaise and mustard. I don't eat relish. I uh, just had a sandwich earlier today from Arby's that had pickles on it, and I was so mad about it because I hate the taste of pickles, and it can ruin everything. Uh, I don't drink soda. I don't drink beer or any kind of alcohol. I... uh, don't even eat tomatoes or anything. So that's a really picky thing that I have, and it causes tons and tons of problems. But uh, in that regard, something that you dislike that everybody else seems to like. Peyton? Fight Club. Fight Club? Mm-hmm. Really? What? Mm-hmm. Yep, I hate that movie. I think it is one of the absolute worst movies I've ever seen. I, I was... Wanted to fall asleep, but I had my friend next to me just kept poking me. No, no, this is the best part! And it was just something else that was completely boring. Way too much talking. The ending of it made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Apparently the ending in the book actually made sense as opposed to the one in the movie, but I don't know, I can't be bothered. So, yeah, Fight Club. Ah, there you go, already. Something not yeah, totally I, disagree I, I I, I, You know what, I've, I've heard, I've talked to people who hate Fight Club. It's just, it's just... You either gotta get it or you don't, and if if it just didn't click with you, that's perfectly fine. You know, I I can understand that with that movie. That that's, it's. I don't think it's a poorly made movie. Mm-hmm. I just think the ter- the 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 themes and and whatnot. It's 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 not for the faint of heart. It, I mean, it, it, I mean to be fair though, it bombed in the box office, so Peyton can't be wrong. Uh, and one other thing I want to just add to that that kind of goes hand in hand with it, I think, because it's a lot of the same reasons, is Stanley Kubrick movies in general. I kind of agree a little bit. I think they're a little bit overrated. I think uh-huh. he's the absolute most overrated director of all time. I'd say I would like maybe like the first half of Full Metal Jacket. Um, Eyes Wide Shut was okay. And uh, the freaking uh, The Shining. That's about all he's got for me. Mm. Anything else is crap. So I think 2001 is amazing. Worst movie ever. <laughs> oh, if Holy you're going to talk crap, about that shit was so boring. It is Are boring. You serious? It is boring. I'll give you that, but I do think that it's amazing. And 20, uh, 2010's a better movie. Eyes Wide Shut was worse than 2001. 
and I gotta say, if we're talking about most overrated movies ever, Wizard of Oz. Oh, I hate that movie. That's another thing that I dislike that so many people like. Nah, I, I got I'm I give Wizard of Oz a pass because of the time frame. I mean, if you keep it within its 1930s time frame, it's it's actually a pretty progressive movie. That's what? a fucking cop out. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, that movie. You would swear that movie's made in like the 50s or the 60s. That's where that movie belongs era-wise. But when you really think about that, this was made at the same time they were making movies like the Universal monster movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of insane. No, I always give it credit for what it was able to accomplish. I just hate the story. That's fair. Not, and, you know, not everyone likes musicals either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big musical fan. But, uh, Burhan, something you dislike that everybody else seems to like. Hmm. It's a tough one. I'm trying to think, actually. I know there is something. Because I remember someone was bellowing on about something. I, I just didn't like it. I just didn't click with me. We'll come back to you then, Miguel. Hmm. I've got two. And it was originally going to be one, but since you guys brought up movies, there's one director whose work I... I think his earlier works were fine, but I think there was a certain period where he's just pretty much been on the downfall, and to me, that's Tim Burton. I think everything pre-Nightmare Before Christmas is great. Everything he's done after that is awful. I can't stand movies like Sweeney Todd. I I did not like his, his uh, Planet of the Apes remake. Um, I thought Sleepy Hollow was okay, just because it was the first, like, R-rated Tim Burton film he's ever done, but I I thought I thought I was not a big fan of Batman Returns. Um, I did not like Alice in Wonderland. I think, like I said, pre uh, post Nightmare Before Christmas, he just fell into this trap of remaking the same movie. I mean, it's basically just whatever movie he comes out with, aside from Planet of the Apes, is just Johnny Depp and his wife kind of just romping around in black you know, in 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 black clothes and whatnot and oh and, and his uh, Dark Shadows remake was awful. But you I, know what I, I think it is I think he's got like a fetish for Johnny Depp banging his wife. Yeah. My... Yeah. I mean people have their guys. I mean we all every director has their guy that they work with. Whether it's uh you know, Steven Spielberg and Shia LaBeouf Martin Scorsese and uh, God, who's one of the guys that is always in Scorsese movies? DiCaprio lately. Oh yeah, DiCaprio, DiCaprio in, in Scorsese, uh, Quentin Tarantino and um, Quite Samuel a bit of Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. I mean, every director has their guy that they work with, but I think the problem with Johnny Depp in his movies is he plays almost the same character in every in every Tim Burton movie. It seems, and I, I'm just done with the whole Tim Burton thing. Maybe it's just because. The whole goth scene kind of, the whole goth and emo scene kind of adopted him as their god, and it's just it's so oversaturated. Um, but that. It... <laughs> Snake, are you there? It's I'll the come back in a second. I've got a phone call. Give me a minute. Burton's calling you up to be uh, to complain about what you're saying. <laughs> Miguel, I heard that you thought all my movies were kind of the same. Well, how would you like to see Beetlejuice 2? <laughs> the thing is, I am kind of two ways about it. I, I'm happy to see another Beetlejuice movie with Keaton because I, I, you know, I love Beetlejuice, one of my favorite movies. But there is, they have uh, a big possibility here of raping my childhood. Well, hey, at least there's one movie that's not going to have Johnny Depp in it. Although Helena Bonham Carter is going to be in it. She's going to be playing uh, Gina Davis's role. What are you talking about? Uh, Johnny Depp's clearly going to play Winona Ryder's role. I'll be to the conversation in a second, guys. That was the pizza guy. He's he's uh, just about to my front door, so I've got to get my money set up. So, um, no, bring him on air. Yeah, how, how rude. You don't give us any pizza. Come on. 
That's just rude, Miguel. Did you bring pizza for all the listeners, Miguel? Right. Yeah, hey, uh, just skip me and go to Steven Wago, and I'll come back with my second choice for what I hate, all right? <laughs> all right. All right, continuing the Miguel Leon show. Right. Steven, what do you dislike that everybody seems to like? And don't just go with the obvious with Miguel. Well, since you asked me, instead of Miguel asking me, I'll answer your question. Uh, there's three things. Doctor Who, The Dark Knight, and The Beatles. Don't like any of them. The Dark Knight, like Batman in general, or the movie? Um, the movie. I'll agree with you on the Beatles. I'm not a big Beatles fan. What was the first? No. One? Uh, Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not a follower of Doctor Who. Doctor Who's boring. Everyone tells me to get into it. I just can't. The Dark Knight, I thought, was incredibly fucking overrated. And as far as the Beatles music goes, eh, I can take it or leave it. Hmm. Did you think of yours, Burhan? Yes. Um, Iron Man 3. Hated it. Uh, I, I, the thing is, it wasn't all bad, but I just feel like Shane Black was directing a Bond movie. And he just crapped all over what made Iron Man so special, in a sense. Um, he was just trying to focus on making Stark this kind of secret agent-y type character. And it, just, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, that, and also, I'm not a big fan of Doctor Who either. Uh, apart from, I, I was a big fan of the old era, just the new era of Doctor Who. I just don't see it. Everybody else is like, oh, you don't know what you're missing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I, I still don't see it. I don't see what makes it so great. We have four other questions on the monthly mailbag that we're going to get to later, but we're going to be popping up a little bit more of the wrestling talk because we just took a little break for that. Uh, back to the hot tags. Another thing that we can quickly go around. It's not a huge, a hugely important kind of thing, but Alex Rodriguez might have been caught cheating on Tori Wilson. What do you guys think about that? Anybody want to chime in? What about... Who's Alex Rodriguez? He's a baseball player. Oh. A-Rod. I don't know. I don't uh, know who that cat. is, so I can't comment. But why the fuck would he cheat on Tori Wilson? What a dickhead. I'll tell you, A-Rod is one of the few people in this uh, in this country that probably could find someone worth cheating on Tori Wilson with. <laughs> so, he's not a smart move in general, but, uh, you know... He's gonna do what he's gonna do. It's what these sports stars do. They they do lots of drugs. They go on the road and they cheat on their women. It's nothing uncommon. I hope. So. I fucking hope he knocked her up just so she can take off his shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back, guys. All right, Miguel. What do you think with uh, Alex Rodriguez getting caught cheating on Tori Wilson? Huh. Um. I. I really don't have much to say about that. I mean. The guy's a big star. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I don't expect much from famous people in terms of um, being monogamous. I mean, the guy's a massive baseball celebrity. I mean, I'm I I, I wouldn't cheat on Tori Wilson, but a Rod a Rod could probably afford to. I mean, he could probably he could probably get some high quality tail behind him. So, who knows? Brian the Brain Show in the chat given Tori Wilson. No love whatsoever. No poor Tori. Blah. And then an evil face. <laughs> I love Tori Wilson. I'm a huge fan of hers. I'd hey, anyone, say, anyone I'd that say, could have gone lesbo for her own storyline is uh, I'm a fan of. <laughs> I'd, probably say she's my, I'd probably say hers is like my second favorite Playboy issue. She's Drew White verified by Michael Burhan. Yeah, she's she's sticky hands verified. <laughs> Another kind of quick thing to talk about. R-Truth has decided that he's finally going to make a rap album. 
partially because John Cena is going to get involved, and he's looking to get other people involved as well, like Eminem. Is it called um, I Really Want to Kill My Career Part 2? I think that this could actually be a good thing for him. This could be the best thing he's ever done. This you should have been what? done years ago. There's, Maybe. No re- there's no reason he should stay stagnant. Doing new things is good. I mean, but his career is dead right now. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he can have good. Little Jimmy on the album. <laughs> I think if WWE's music label is going to be involved, we're going to see a lot more of our truth on the um, on TV, especially if John Cena is actually going to be involved. So this could be the best thing for his career. Yeah, they could end up having some kind of storyline of like uh, some tag team matches between the two of them against 3MB. You know, we listen to your album and it sucks. Our album that we've never done is so much better. Not that that's going to be like the main event or anything, but... If John Cena's involved, then it might be co-main event. Anything that can get you with the top guy in the company never hurts. Yeah, and if they get some actual like A-list rappers involved, they can bring them out at WrestleMania. Yeah, that could be the whole purpose behind R-Truth getting a match at WrestleMania by having a bunch of people rap with him on the way down to the entrance. Speaking of, speaking of WrestleMania, I had a funny idea for a WrestleMania uh, a WrestleMania gimmick that they could do for this year because it, I don't know if you guys read that article about the um, brother of Andy Kaufman coming out and saying that his that Andy Kaufman is actually alive. You, you expect what? him to have a match with Jerry Lawler? How great would that be to where they could they actually do find out he's alive and Vince McMahon invites him to come to WrestleMania to take on Jerry Lawler and he does. Can you imagine the, the the media attention that that would give WWE? Andy Kaufman's first appearance in like twenty years after his death. And well, wouldn't that be him. like really? Isn't it like a law that you can't fake your own death? And not in America. You sure? I think there's a law if someone's if you've been convicted for killing someone, if you kill them, then you can't get trial or charged for it. Yeah, people fake their own deaths all the time involving the government. It's called the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, maybe he was trying to get away from Jerry Lawler. Hey, I wouldn't mind Jerry Lawler versus fucking Jim Carrey, just so we can see him kick the shit out of him in real life. (laughs) Didn't they have that whole angle when he was shooting Man on the Moon, uh, where he went around telling everyone to call him Andy Kaufman, and then Jerry apparently gave him a pole driver on set? Well, I don't know about that. I like yeah, there's a there's a whole big story behind that. You'd have to listen into um, his fucking uh, podcast of Austin. I like I like Jim Carrey and Man on the Moon. I thought that movie was pretty good. Yeah, I'll endorse it. What about the R True thing? Anybody else have any other? Uh... As long as he doesn't fucking do that song, get crunk again. Oh yeah, um, that as was long awful. as he doesn't keep rapping on freaking set and dancing about. He needs. To, for me, I think. In, he was the funniest when he was playing that heel truth character. That's not what his rap album's going to be like. <laughs> Don't even oh, begin dreaming like it. Because it's not going to happen. He has one song just dedicated to what pigeons say. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, if anything, he's going to do a song uh, rehashing his Pretty Ricky gimmick. I think you're more oh, likely to see that. It would be hilarious if he did that. Like, uh, he could name uh, his album Spiders and Ladders. Get, I was well, no, like, no, no, you no, could do a track called Ode to Spiders. No, that 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 pigeon He's one's gonna be spiders. It'd be something afraid of spiders. That pigeon one's going to be his collaboration with that Elvis guy. It's gonna be what does the pigeon say? <laughs> Another topic that we can throw out here and pretty much just skip by really quickly. But what the hell? It's funny, so let's talk about it. Roman Reigns on a live show went to jump over the top rope and fell on his ass. <laughs> and later on <laughs> in the match, 
I don't remember who it was, but somebody did something where they fell on their ass, and Roman Reigns decided to just yell out, that's what I did! That's Dean Ambrose. <laughs> so at least he's got a good sense of humor about that. Did anybody did else see the footage? CM Punk had, had imitated him like after the last Raw. Um, someone caught it on video camera. They was all like jumping over the rope and making fun of Roman Reigns. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I'm glad to hear that there's somebody in the business that has a sense of humor. You know that they're not just stuck up and they don't just because you know if that was a veteran that did that, they'd probably just chew him out backstage if somebody laughed. Yeah, oh, he's, he's probably thinking jokes on them. I'm getting a push. <laughs> he's like, I'll just spear everybody who makes fun of me backstage. I can do it to multiple people at a time. Try to mess with me. The thing is, if Roman Reigns wanted to fuck you up, he'd fuck you up. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Peyton, any thoughts about this? You're a big, uh, probably the biggest Roman Reigns supporter. I am extremely jealous of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think that we're going to just do one more hot tag here, and then we're going to take a little bit of a break with the rest hold. And what better one to throw out for the next five, ten minutes or so than AJ Lee at a live event in London was wrestling Brie Bella and she apparently collapsed. Now, there isn't that much that's been said whether or not it's an injury or it's something serious or maybe she just kind of was exhausted and something happened. Uh, Last I had checked, there wasn't any confirmation that she had a concussion or that she went down with an injury, like, you know, her legs uh, gave out or she tweaked her ankle or anything like that. But there you have... about AJ? What was that? You went about AJ? Yeah. Dehydration. It was released earlier. Oh, they did say that? Dehydration? Mm-hmm. All right, what, um, what did the latest report say? Did it say that that's going to be a, a big issue and they're checking her out or that she already has been uh, She's out? being evaluated by the WWE. Um I can get it right here. Uh, yeah, they issued a statement today from Joey Styles' account of all things. Um, tonight in London, at WWE, AJ Lee briefly fainted during a match with Brie Bella due to dehydration. She is being evaluated by WWE medical staff, so that is the latest update on it. Hmm, okay. Uh, obviously, we don't know how this is going to affect the Survivor Series card because it seemed like AJ was going to have a match with Brie Bella or have a tag team match against the Bella Twins with Tamina involved, but... If she's okay, it probably won't make any difference whatsoever. And if she isn't, they got to figure out a different way to get around this. Or just not have a Divas match. I mean, they could always do that. But, Peyton, what do you think that they will end up doing and what they should do in these circumstances? Well, first off, I think saying dehydration is the easy thing to say with this. I think it's more likely this poor little girl is malnourished. I wouldn't be surprised if she's being kept on some kind of strict diet that's keeping her the size that she is. Because she is just... You know, I love the small girl and all that, but she's a little too skinny sometimes, so I wouldn't be surprised if she's going out of her way to keep that figure that she has. As far as what they're going to do, I I guess that depends on how the tests come back. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say whether she's fit to go out there and perform or not. If for some reason she's not clear to wrestle, then obviously she should not be wrestling and they got to do something else. Uh, the easiest thing to do would just to be to have some kind of uh, faces versus heels divas match. You know, grab four or five divas from each side, throw them out there, give them five minutes. The guys are happy they got to see puppies and got <laughs> to the bathroom. Yeah, all those B cups. Any thoughts of what you would like to see them replace it with, Miguel? I could care either way. I mean, the the only thing that the only thing that's going on in the in the division right now is that whole Tamina thing and. 
I hate to say this, but TNA's ripping them off better with their um, Lady Tappa storyline. Um, in terms of what happened to her, it's unfortunate, and I think Peyton's got a point that it might just be the diet. Um, it might just be the tour itself. I mean, it's it it might have just been having to work all those matches all week. Probably just did a number on her. Um, I think she'll be fine though. Dehydration is not something too serious. I mean, you can just you know. You can bounce back, so I don't think it's going to affect the Survivor Series. I think we're going to end up seeing uh, AJ versus uh, versus Bree. I wish I could make a Shawn Michaels passing out um, joke, but I don't really remember too much of what that storyline led to, so I'm just going to tap out on that one. <laughs> you could have said that she lost her smile. Is that what that led to? Ah. No, those were unrelated. Yeah, it actually was. No, they were completely unrelated. No, the passing the passing out concussion thing is that we were referring that, to. That was when he was Intercontinental Champion. That led to the ladder match with Razor. The loss, losing his smile was in 1997 when he didn't want to lose to Bret Hart at WrestleMania. He fake, he um, embellished the knee injury that he had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Burhan, yeah, your I, thoughts on AJ Lee's situation? Um, I you know I would have liked to say that she was dehydrated because of me, but I can't actually lay claim to that. Um, in a sense, though, I feel bad for her, but hopefully she'll just you know, get herself sorted out. If there is a problem due to her not eating, then they need to nip this in the butt now, otherwise she's going to get very sick. Well, you, it's the London area. What's your excuse? Come on, man. <laughs> London food sucks. <laughs> well, you know, I I plan to go to the O2 to dehydrate her, but you know. <laughs> London hey, and, by, and by the way, Peyton, just to call you out, London, um, British TV is not that bad. I didn't say British TV was bad, but it is bad. <laughs> you, were, you were saying it last week on the post show because you were like, ah, British TV. Stuff. No, he said British cartoons. Oh, yeah. okay. So well, shut up and sit in the corner. We're going to take a little <laughs> break here and we're going to just uh, run down all the scrambled segments of the rest hold. We're going to come back in a few minutes and run down the rest of the hot tags, start getting into the Ask Him questions of the week, and also talk about all of the other questions that you guys have sent in for the monthly mailbag. Make sure you guys call in 760-512-7247, or you can call in via Skype. See you guys in a few minutes. Okay, guys, it's time for us to take a little breather. You know what that means. It's the rest hold portion of the program. During this downtime, I scramble around some of the quicker segments and knock out some promotional material in the process. One of these things that we have to cover is the Bleacher Report card. If you want to check out what I've written for that website this week, I posted an article the other day which has my updated card predictions for WWE Survivor Series 2013, although they kind of switched that up on me and one of the matches doesn't exist anymore. Uh, you can find a link to that in all the normal places like SmartOutMoment.com's homepage, as well as the official Facebook and Twitter accounts for SmartOutMoment, Tony Mango, and A Mango Tree. The YouTube comment of the week goes to Arnold Libdogovich, who suggested that Damian Sandow should kill John Cena's mom to keep feuding with him which got a huge laugh out of me the first time I read it, and again right now, because I am a horrible person. (laughs) Whether it's a funny comment or insightful predictions or anything else, keep sending in those comments, everyone, and tell us to smart your words. Keep in mind that I'm still looking for writers to join the team for smartgoutmoment.com. 
I'm looking for people to give recaps of the television shows, as well as do several different types of editorial columns. So if you or anyone you know might be interested, go ahead and shoot me an email. Always remember, guys, about the Sign Me Up initiative. If you bring a Smart Out Moment sign to any kind of wrestling event, doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's a wrestling event of some kind, send a picture or a video of it to me, and I will get it up on the next episode of Smack Talk, as well as post it on the website, and rain thousands and millions of praises down upon you. Schedule for some upcoming episodes that we've got on the lineup. Next week, we're going to be covering Survivor Series predictions. And the week after that, we're going to do the review and, of course, the image captions for the pay-per-view. After that, I'm not 100% positive, but we might be doing Superstar Scores Triple H, which should be a really fun one. It's not set in stone, but that's the one that I want to do. Then, of course, we have TLC coming after that, so the pay-per-view predictions and the monthly mailbag will be coming on episode 110, followed by the pay-per-view review on episode 111, which actually brings us around to Christmas time, with December 27th would be the next episode, but because it is Christmas, we won't be doing that. Instead, what happens at the end of the year? We do our end-of-the-year recap with the best and the worst of WWE awards. And we have 35, I think, categories, and a best and worst for almost every single one of them. So a lot of stuff to cover, and we're going to start promoting that very heavily pretty soon. I want you guys to start writing down your list of your potential choices and keep track of that, because I want everybody to get involved in this. After that, Smack Talk will return with episode 112 at the start of the year, January 3rd. And what better way to kick it off than for our special feature to be the one to watch for 2014. A lot of other stuff coming your way in 2014, guys, but we have the next couple of months to take care of first. So stay tuned for everything coming your way, as well as everything coming your way with the rest of this episode. We're going to be returning to the show in a moment. All right, guys, everybody, we're back at the second half of this Fallout Fest episode of Smack Talk. You guys can call in via Skype or 760-512-7247 to tell us what's going on in your mind with the world of wrestling right now. You can ask us questions about anything. It doesn't matter if it's wrestling or not. We're taking uh, your monthly mailbag questions and mixing them in with the hot tags. And we also have the Ask Him of the Week. Burhan, who got last week's right? Okay. Uh, last week's, I was asking who uh, the gentleman is that's had like many relationships in the locker room that allegedly has dated uh, Maria, of course. And that's CM Punk. Um, and as a bonus, I asked you to name who the women were that he was with, including Mickey James, Leah, Beth Phoenix. Um, quite recently, it's been said that he's actually been with AJ Lee as well. Punk's a player. So apparently he's been with all these women. Um, and the ones that got this right, I'll go by Designer Metal 1, of course. Uh, you said you're not sure that it's CM Punk, but I'll take that as the answer. Um, and Awesome Piano Man got it wrong. He said it was John Cena. Uh, I'm sure in secret, John Cena. <laughs> uh, who He did have a, an issue with Mickey James, though, so I can give you that one. Um 
Then uh, Jamie O'Halloran went Cena. Not sure. Cena with one of the fellas and AJ. Uh, then I Curry aptly said Punk as well. Um, and then Awesome Piano Man gave me a big shout out. Thank you uh, for mentioning his fiance. No problem, mate. I'm glad that she's making you extremely, extremely happy. Now let's go um, to the Ask Him. As you guys know, I'm going to ask the host a question to stump them and then ride the Ask Him out to yourselves for you people out there in TV land. So. Let's start with the first one, shall we? And I'm going to make it an Undertaker question. Woo! The Undertaker had a feud with a gentleman who was a part of WCW. He was also affiliated with ECW and was known for his hardcore style. Name the person. Mick Foley. Can you name his persona? Cactus Jack. Try again. Mankind. Correct. Oh, you're talk- I thought you were talking about his persona in WCW and ECW. No, I was naming the... the oh, the WWE one. Well, all right. Don't try to cover it. You got it wrong, Mango, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, here I part thinking, out. <laughs> and here I was thinking the answer was nails. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to do is link it into the McFoley question. I want to know, on an episode of Raw, McFoley won the WWE or WWF championship at the time. Who did he win it from? Who was his opponent? And, for extra bonus points, how many times was he champion? I'll put a lot of butts in seats. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah, actually, for an extra an extra bonus point... Bonus, bonus. Name the segment that made people switch over to WWE programming to watch it. If you guys know the answer to that... Make sure you call in via Skype or 760-512-7247. Or if you're listening to the archive version of this, go ahead and leave your comments on YouTube description or anywhere else that you can. Send us a tweet. We'll uh, tell you who got it wrong and who got it right next week. Or if you call in, then we'll tell you right then, of course. Uh, We're going to continue the monthly mailbag discussion. And we're going to go with one of our most frequent commenters and somebody who usually ends up guessing they ask him right awesome piano man he sent two questions in one of them being i'm getting ideas for the honeymoon what is your dream vacation location i'm not a vacation guy i don't like going sightseeing or anything i'd rather just kind of like go there and as horrible uh and boring as it sounds i'd rather just like eat what people think is the best cheeseburger and stuff in town so I don't really have any. The only thing I really would want to do, though, is go to Hollywood. But I pretty much would mostly want to do that for business purposes, give out my cards and everything. And for the movie geek and me, I'd like to check out where they filmed a lot of that stuff. But other than that, I don't really have a dream vacation, especially not for like the typical things that people go with. Peyton, where would you go? The moon. <laughs> the moon. Are you talking about the normal moon or the moon from Futurama where it's got the amusement park? Oh, both would be great. We're sailors on the moon. Um, we space. Yeah, you know, I could just take one of those virgin planes up into space. That could be cool. That'd be, that'd be a great honeymoon. I'll get my own virgin plane with blackjack and hookers. Vec, um, screw the hookers. Vec, screw the plane. That They, they said that in a show once. Um... <laughs> I, I am a big fan of Disneyland. You can never go wrong with good old-fashioned Disneyland. Um, but someplace that I have not been yet and is a little bit more exotic and outside of the country is the African Plains. 
I don't know why, but recently I've really wanted to check out the African Plains. I think the Lion King is making me do it. Uh, but I want to see some giraffes. I want to see some, like, lions in their wild environment. I want to see, like, some crazy-ass monkeys and rhinoceroses. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> every, time somebody, Australia. every time somebody mentions that joke, I immediately think of this episode of The Simpsons, one of my favorite ones, where they go to Africa, and Homer's idea behind it is this little box of cookies. And he goes, I want to do everything on the box. I want to fight Muhammad <laughs> Ali. I want to shoot a lion in the face. And I want to dance with a bunch of happy zebras. <laughs> Does, is, doesn't he get it because they hold the box by the string, and the bo- the string snaps and pokes Homer in the eye? <laughs> yeah. uh, I love The Simpsons. Uh, Berhan, your dream vacation? Florida. I'm a huge theme park junkie. <laughs> Berhan, let, let me tell you something. The theme parks are nice. Everything else around it, though. Yeah, I hope you like alligators. Uh, yeah, you know what? I've been there. I've been there before, and I enjoyed myself wholeheartedly. Uh, maybe it's different because I've lived here, but yeah, I, I guess. If you like alligators and old people, you'll fit in. <laughs> Miguel, <laughs> what's yours? Um, I've got two places. One, just for a tongue-in-cheek factor, I'd probably say Amsterdam. Just you know, hookers and pot. Um, but in terms of a place I've always been curious about, and maybe Burhan might have the same feeling I do. I'd like to visit England. I, I've always I've always found that that whole place interesting, and I, I'd love to visit there one day. Well, there you go. You two should just like do that uh, house swap kind of thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. There's a bunch of assholes that live there. <laughs> and even worse, they're sending the assholes over here. Yeah, I know, right? Fucking asshole country. <laughs> what do you think, Wago? What's your dream vacation? Yeah, I've I've kind of been spoiled growing up as far as getting to go and travel places. I've been to all the Canary Islands. Um, I've uh, done France, Germany, the Netherlands, uh, Spain. <laughs> I can't say I've done France. It's like Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> Wait, does France. France. So as far as a place I'd like to go, just Japan because I haven't done it. And I wouldn't mind doing a Caribbean cruise. The other question that Austin Piano Man sent in to us more wrestling related. Who has the best outfit in WWE? And if another wrestler wore it, who would look the most outrageous? Hands down, Undertaker, in my mind, for best outfit. And I'd really like to see what Mark Henry looks like in that. <laughs> Another funny one I was thinking of when I was trying to think of my answer for that. Try imagining Biggie Langston in those booty shorts that AJ wears. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Please don't no. line it up. Stop that. Stop that right now. We know Paul is trying to imagine that because we know where his eyes are fixated. Uh, Bill borrow uh, a big show's gun to make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Peyton, what do you think? Best outfit in WWE? Well, my favorite outfit right now is AJ Lee, so it's funny that you say that. I I just adore her little punk girl outfit with the torn-up shirt and the the thigh-high Chuck Taylor Converse's and the custom torn-up shirts and shorts. I love it, and it looks great on her. She's an adorable little lady, so... And I would take her outfit, and I think it would look most ridiculous on Tensai. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Her hand. I, I just feel really sick right now. Um... For me, I would say I would like to take CM Punk's outfit because I think he has one of the best outfits in WWE and just put it on someone who would look really ridiculous on, say, JBL. I thought you were going to go with Kali. 
No, because that would just make me want to vomit. <laughs> Miguel? Uh, I'd probably say one of my favorite outfits is probably the Shields get-up. The whole flak jacket thing with the, uh, the, the boots and the black pants. I just think that whole look is just really cool. Um... And in terms of who I think it would look ridiculous on, uh, I don't know. Pick three random divas and just put the uh, the, the shield get up on them. I'm pretty that sure that outfit would look badass on anybody. I, I I just tried to picture like Joey Ryan with it on, and even he would look like a badass with it on. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle would look badass with it on. Are you kidding? Unless you wore <laughs> the Torino. same size. Unless you wore the same size one that Roman Reigns has. That's what I was <laughs> just gonna say. Yeah, but I if think... you have El Torito with a mask on, or maybe Ricardo Rodriguez would look funny on with it. I'm gonna and I'm gonna give an honorable mention and say Fandango's get up. Hmm. Who would look funny in that? Do you think? Uh, I'll just I'll just take yours and go with JBL. I, I'll tell you the Triple Miz looks too good in it. <laughs> Wago, what are your choices? Do you know that yellow outfit that Silver Ray wore in their first match? That was awesome and. Um, Shit, try and imagine fucking Mark Henry wearing that. That'd be funny as hell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to switch back to some hot tags here. A uh, couple more quick ones, because not everything was a huge, huge deal this week. Two little name changes that happened with our NXT people. Rick Victor and Con- uh, Connor O'Brien changed the C's in their names to K's for some reason. They thought it was important for Victor to be V-I-K-T-O-R and Connor to be K-O-N-N-O-R. I'm not sure exactly why they did this, but maybe the difference of Connor O'Brien with a K is to kind of differentiate them them from Conan O'Brien. And Rick Victor, it's just, I don't know, maybe there's another guy named Rick Victor that's popping around the indies and they want to separate themselves from him. Or they just want to get something a little bit closer to like controlling the name, but Either way, they're still the same. Still 1994. Because poor literacy is cool. <laughs> yeah, are they stuck in the 90s with like how comic books needed to do that? Everything's got an X in it and stuff. Uh, yeah. Honestly, though, I, I've heard that they're actually going even further with the name change. Instead of going as Connor O'Brien, I think uh, he's just going to go as Connor with a K. And instead of Rick Victor, they're changing his name to just Victor for when they finally bring them up. I'm actually I'm actually kind of excited because it means that they've got plans to do something with these guys, and I really think we need another gimmick tag team coming up from the um, from developmental. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with these guys. I, I really am. I've, I've heard nothing but good things about them. Well, I heard good things back when it was the original Ascension. I don't know if it's um, if they're doing well with the um, with the uh, the new setup now, but I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty keen on it. Way go. I don't care. <laughs> Do you I care, really... <laughs> Um, eh, you know, it's it's one of those things. I I think it's uh, it's probably copyright issues. They they don't want to end up conflicting their names with other people, and it's just making sure that they have the rights to that property. It's the only reason why I could think that they're doing that. Um, but I do agree with Miguel. I think they're going to end up pushing these two to the moon. All right, another one that we can talk about with developmental kind of stuff. Mickey James appeared as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center, and now there's a lot of speculation that she's actually not only going to join back up with WWE, but that she might become one of the main trainers for even the people on the road, that she could be one of those uh, backstage kind of situation where she 
helps a lot of people like Brie Bella and AJ Lee and just gives them some fine tuning and works with some of the other people that are brand new to the roster, maybe like a Summer Ray, and can work with them on a regular basis instead of just popping up every once in a while. I, I, could, I could see it. She's just sitting there going, um, right, so the first thing you don't want to do is sleep with John Cena. <laughs> the second thing you don't want to do is be fat. Third thing you want to, don't want to do is join TNA, especially right now. I don't know. If you're a diva, the first thing you want to do is sleep with John Cena. Fucking elevate your career. It's what I've worked for Michelle McCool with Undertaker. Yeah, okay. It's working for, the, it's working the for uh, which Bella is the one that's with John Cena like, right hold now? Hold on. And, and you can't say that. Michelle McCool was a champion long before she got with Undertaker. I mean, she was with the Undertaker. We don't know maybe, how only, maybe with only like uh, maybe a year before she even retired. We don't know how long they were together. There was that many rumors swirling around until they were closer to the marriage. He was, still, he was still married. Allow me to, allow he was me still to married. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of... I, I, I have to agree with Probably why they split up. <laughs> that, uh, it, it, it just seems very... Uh, I'm not one to sort of go into wrestlers' personal lives and stuff, but with, with Mickey James, didn't she leave the company or get fired from the company because she was being a bit clingy with Cena before he got married? We were talking about Undertaker and Michelle McCall. Yeah, but you're you inferring about the whole Mickey James thing. I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's all really speculation. I mean, same thing here with uh, the possibility of her returning. All we know that is that she did pop up as a, a member of the Performance Center. Well, I can tell you, I they think... got a big interview with her on the front page of WWE.com. Oh, that could be a really good indicator that something's going to end up happening then. I mean, we've seen stuff before where they've... How many times have they been mentioning Sting lately? And everybody always goes, oh my god, that means he's going to pop up, and he never really does. But something like Mickey, she's hasn't been away that long. So I wouldn't put it past WWE to bring her on board. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny considering how rough of an exit she had with WWE that she's, I don't know if she's already agreed to anything, but I, I don't know. You know, it just, it, it proves that WWE, man, they, they got some kind of pull, but, um, between Mickey and Sarah Del Rey uh, uh, being trainers over there at the uh, developmental place, I think you're going to see a, a, a big crop of divas coming up that can really go in the ring. I mean, they've got tons. Of, they've they've got a lot of talent working with them in in developmental. So I'm actually kind of excited if this is the case. Honestly, I think if that's going to be the case, and there's a chance we could see a Sarah Del Rey Mickey James match on NXT, I might just get a Hulu Plus account just so I can watch NXT on there. Uh, you can watch NXT for free with a regular Hulu account. Oh, you can? It's not a Hulu Plus um, exclusive? All right. No. Yeah, but he doesn't uh, want to do that. <laughs> he just a question. To... What is the situation with Sarah Del Rey? Is she wrestling or is she just a trainer now? She's a trainer. Just a trainer, huh? I think. She's too old. Sh- uh, she can still go from what I've heard. You never know. They old. might bring her on board to kind of play some bit part in the future. Well, I think one of the reasons they brought her on in the first place is because they've got to give themselves a bit of clout with Antonio Cesaro. So, because, you know, they're dating and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in, in a sense, it's it's fine either way. Uh, in terms of James, I don't really want to see her back, to tell you the truth. I think she's past it, in a sense. She needs to just move on now. Because the whole, like, thing that she's done with TNA, the losing weight, they're looking like a fucking stick figure. It just... It doesn't really appeal to me. I like the Mickey that had cushion. Maybe this is all building up to something with the her country album and R-Truth's rap album. 
Oh, please. They're going to oh, see a fusion God. between the two, and it's going to be the next uh, intergender tag team that sweeps yeah, by They could call it crap. <laughs> I don't sure mind them being, rap. I don't mind being a, them being a wrestling tag team, but dear God, the thought of, of them doing a country rap album. Ugh. Hey, crap would be awesome. Anybody have any other thoughts on Mickey James before we move on to the next topic? Clearly no. <laughs> nope. All right. Anyone seen that tumbleweed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to switch back over to monthly mailbag questions, and this time these two are from John Ellis. Number one, do you guys see the Wyatt family being similar to the Charles Manson family? Definitely. I think that's actually the main uh, inspiration for the whole thing. Does anybody not see that? I, I, I pretty I, much disagree. I'm sorry. I pretty much agree with you. Listen, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, did 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 you ever think that maybe like Aces and Eights might have been getting an influence from Sons of Anarchy? No, I think that was just Eric Bischoff's biker fetish. Oh, stop! <laughs> he <coughs> that, loves that, men in biker jackets. Yeah, that I, I would, saw that, that, every time they came out, Bischoff was just like twizzing his nipples. Yeah, that 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 group would have happened whether or not Sons of Anarchy was on TV. Bischoff just has a a, a fetish for bikers. <laughs> I I don't know. It it must be something deep and sexual. But okay, um, anyway. I, I, I guess that has nothing to do with the fact that when you look at their logo, it's the exact same logo as the biker gang in Sons of Anarchy. Coincidence. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Most biker shit looks the same. But if that were the case, Peyton, it would have actually been a good idea, and it, it clearly hasn't been. I mean... Well, it would have been a good idea if they did it five years ago when Sons of Anarchy was fresh and hot. Bischoff has, like, those one of those shirts off South Park with the nipple flaps uh, that come down, and he's like... <laughs> Oh, you wanted a good storyline? Ah, I can't do that. <laughs> so I... we're, all, we're all in agreement. Wyatt Family is pretty much... Uh, they took the, the root story of the Charles Manson situation and applied it to wrestling, which I actually think it works. The only problem is that we've had <laughs> issues with execution of it. I don't think so. I I actually see more. There's there's too much of a country aspect for me to say Charles Manson. Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is: Have any of you guys ever heard of the movie Red State? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's basically it's actually it's actually from what I've heard really good. It's like uh, it's Kevin Smith's last movie he's done, and uh, basically it's about a group of backwoods um, like country folk that have this. Uh, bizarre religion and it's about them actually capturing a bunch of people and like using them as like a sacrifice or something it's it's a it's a psychological thriller and the vibe that i get from from the wyatts is is that like some type of like backwoods almost like almost westboro baptist if it wasn't for you know the, the, the those guys are a little bit more modern than that i could really see them doing that like some type of creepy like hillbilly cult type thing i i would agree with you except for the way that bray wyatt talks if you listen to the way Bray Wyatt talks, it's very similar to the speech style of Charles Manson. You know, he always spoke with a lot of those big words. He always used a lot of those metaphors in his speech. Okay, I, I guess if that's the case, then yeah, I guess I could. But it, it, it's all intertwined. I'm sure he's pulling influence from everything. I'm sure he checked out every single cult situation he could. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled influence from that. Uh, who's that crazy fuck who got all those people to kill themselves when Haley's Comet came around? Oh, um, that guy. Yeah, I, I, whatever. I I just know the whole thing with like they were all wearing like Reebok shoes or Nike shoes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they were British knights. 
because for some reason, like <laughs> that's going to make a difference. So if a comic comes by and you wear sneakers, the right type of sneakers and the right jumpsuits, and you know, that's the big uh, that's the big. Fact. Obviously, everybody knows that aliens are shoe queens, right? You remember that part in the Bible where they said uh, you will only go to heaven if you wear Nike? Thou yeah. must wear Reebok. Maybe uh, why it's going to start cutting promos like that. We're gonna stay, instead of just seeing like the sheet masks in the crowd, they're going to start selling like the jumpsuits and stuff. My biggest problem with the Wyatts, and uh, it's not so much the Wyatts, it's more WWE. A character like th- a, a gimmick like this, you really got to go extreme with it. You can't really pussyfoot around with it, or else it's going to be obvious. And I just don't see WWE really pushing this gimmick as far as it needs to. I think, I think as cre- as as somewhat maybe kind of sort of creepy as. Bray Wyatt can come off. I think he can go even further with it. I just don't see WWE pushing that in the PG era. I see them really just just having kid gloves with it, and I think that's a disservice to what the Wyatt the, the potential that that Wyatt character, that whole cult leader thing, could do. I mean, you could really go into some really extreme dark areas with that. I think if this were done in the Attitude era, you'd see a you'd see this character be a lot more menacing. Well, now, can you also not look at that the other way, where the Attitude Era has ruined it by making you have expectations like that, that they have to go to these deep, dark places, and it can't just be at the spot that it's at, and people can't be satisfied with what they're getting now? I think you'll find it needs chair shots to the head and blood everywhere. (laughs) Okay. But basically, uh, CCW. Why don't we just get some light tubes as well? We have a little over a half hour left, and we got a couple more hot tags to talk about, and one more monthly mailbag question that was sent in via John Ellis. Um, before we go on, are we are we accepting answers to the Ask Him through the chat? Yes, we are. Does somebody have an answer? Yep, perfect. Uh, yeah, Brian the Brain, he, uh, he had mentioned it earlier, and I forgot to bring it up. He put, he beat The Rock, and Tony Schiavone announced it when he sarta- sarcastically added at the end of WCW Nitro going into commercial break, that'll put butts in seats while giving away the raw spoilers. Which is actually one of our favorite sayings over here in Smart Out Moments. Mm-hmm. Correct. There you go. Brian the Brain gets it right. Uh, remember, guys, if you have anything that you guys want to talk about within this next half hour that we're going to uh, run along here, 760-512-7247, or you can call in via Skype. The other question that John Ellis sent in to us, and we got to make this a uh, pretty quick one because we could make an entire episode about it, and we actually did before, uh, an old top rope list that we did maybe two months ago. What would you guys make the pay-per-view lineup between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble? And the quick thing that I can say on my end, I had said before on that top rope list that I wanted to them to bring back a lot of things as little specials on TV, kind of like what they do with Slammy Awards and Tribute to the Troops. And that would include Halloween Havoc and Bash at the Beach and all that. They actually did just mention Seasons Beatings on a WWE Classics thing, so maybe they are going to do that. Um, my lineup would be after Extreme Rules, actually, because I needed to kind of switch stuff around like that. You either do a generic pay-per-view like Battleground, or you do a Cyber Sunday type thing where you make the whole card based off the WWE app, just to be a little bit different and break things up. You go with Money in the Bank, and then SummerSlam, per usual. After that, you need a break, and you need to go with something like Payback or Backlash. Then, Breaking Point. Why not? doesn't need to be necessarily all submission matches or anything but i like that name a whole lot and you could use two pay-per-views that aren't gimmicky 
because the next one, Survivor Series, where you can incorporate the War Games match, and I still maintain my biggest idea. Get rid of TLC, replace it with King of the Ring, make it so the winner of the King of the Ring tournament gets the number 30 slot in the Royal Rumble, which is the next pay-per-view after that. So if you could give a quick uh, lineup of what you guys would do, Peyton, how would you schedule the year for pay-per-views? Uh, I didn't get anything prepared quite like that. So on the spot answer, I think the best thing that I would do with something like that is have your big pay-per-view SummerSlam, keep Survivor Series, and in the in-betweens, fill it in with in-your-houses and main events. Saturday night's main events, not Wednesday main events. That's a joke. <laughs> for him? Um, for me, I would literally do sort of a combination of WWE and WCW pay-per-views. Um, you know, keep the big pay-per-views like Survivor Series, SummerSlam, um, bring back King of the Ring, and also I, w- I wouldn't mind having like a sort of holiday-themed ones as well, like Halloween Havoc. Um, you know, even have War Games come back or Night... Or instead of doing um, champions, do something like Clash of Champions, where you could have the uh, title versus title matches, sort of like to prove who's the better person, sort of thing. Uh, apart from that, there's not really much else I've got for you. Where you go? I definitely would like to see a King of the Ring back at some point during this whole thing. Um, for me, I'd like to drop some of the gimmick pay per views and just bring off a few cool off ones. Um, obviously, after a big show like SummerSlam, you could have one of your lesser pay-per-views like No Mercy, bring that name back, and you got your Survivor Series, then maybe bring it uh, Armageddon back, and then finish it off uh, with King of the Ring for the year. Miguel? I think they need to cut down on pay-per-views. I think, honestly, bi-monthly, in terms of uh, once every other month, would probably be would probably be best in terms of being able to build these pay-per-views up as something meaningful. Um, I'd probably go with the Royal Rumble in January, WrestleMania in March, Money in the Bank in May, because I do think that that's one of the few new pay-per-views that actually has proven to be a success. I think the last few Money in the Banks have been really good. Um, Probably I'd move SummerSlam to July, just to keep it even. I'd have the King of the Ring in September, and then Survivor Series in November. And uh, that, to me, would even things out. All right, guys, make sure you leave your comments about what your pay-per-view lineup would be, because I'm curious to see what you guys would think. Or, of course, you could call in via Skype or 760-512-7247. We're going to head back to the hot tags. we got a couple other things that we haven't talked about yet, one of which a South African man took out a hijacker that was trying to uh, rob somebody, his brother, I believe, with a bunch of wrestling moves. He speared the person... (laughs) And then they did another one, and then the report that I had read didn't specify which move he actually done, but they did clarify that it was supposed to be that he knew this because of watching wrestling. So maybe he's really paying attention to Roman Reigns. I don't know. Did he do the 3D with his brother? It'd be hilarious. I just started thinking of other moves that it could have been, <sighs> and just picturing a hijacking going on, and he pulls out uh, tuning up the band. <laughs> oh, but did, did you hear about? Did you read that kayfabe news storyline about the guy that did a five knuckle shuffle in the fight and it didn't work? <laughs> it just reminded me of that. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? Like people doing wrestling moves to stop a robbery. I mean, is that a good idea? We always hear about the bad stuff where people do moves and end up hurting somebody, and you know somebody gets killed or something because kids do it, 
and the whole don't try this at home thing. Apparently, you should do it if it's got a bunch of robbers because it'll work. Well, I can always use my fit. Oh, go on. If I had to guess what move it would be, I would actually say he probably had his back to him and he hit him with a skull crushing finale. <laughs> That's how I'm going to uh, picture it going down. Wait, go. I, I, I would. Okay, sorry. The best move you can use is Big Show's knockout punch. <laughs> um, shit, I don't know what move you could use in a fight without getting fucking totaled. But the one thing I don't recommend is start hulking up while someone's wailing on you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the hijackers are like, why is this guy not going down? What's the matter? Yeah, and he points them and goes, you. You tried to rob us. <laughs> Miguel? I, I'm guessing it's either a tie between the Canadian Destroyer or Paul Burchill's old C4. <laughs> Brian? Uh, I, I, I think he's just pick him up and then end up doing an F5. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> on a table. That, only, that only works on sharks. I got another one. Maybe when they was down, he started like running uh, and jumping over the top of them repeatedly and bouncing off the walls as if they were ropes for the ultimate warrior splash. Maybe or... he just did ten elbow drops in a row when they were down. <laughs> or or he ends up doing the astastic. <laughs> I don't think that there's like any move that wouldn't sound funny in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did you? Uh... How did you stop the perp? Well, um, I ended up giving an F5, and then I just gave an F-tastic afterwards. <laughs> I used I used Big Show's gun. <laughs> oh, I was the... staring at my package. <laughs> one of the more serious ones, there have been changes made to the wellness policy. And supposedly these changes were made a little while ago, but they went under the radar, and now the details are actually just coming out. One of them is that they have a $2,500 fine for being tested positive for alcohol. Another one is that you can basically get a doctor's note. And it's a little bit more relaxed than it used to be. Where you had to have like tons and tons of proof. And right now it's kind of just if the doctor says you can take the medication, then you can take it. So I don't know what's going on with that necessarily. And another thing is that they have a, a redemption program where if you end up saying that you need help, they don't give you a strike. And if you go through these kind of redemption uh, procedures, you can get a strike taken away from you. So the people that have two strikes, they don't just keep those two strikes. And then if they get a third one, that's it. They're fired from the company. They can revert back to one. And theoretically, they can even revert back to zero. So this has a lot of implications for the people that had the two-strike rule before, like Randy Orton. There you go, Randy's got the belt, we need to change the rules. Maybe, I don't know, that's the, that's the um, pessimistic way of looking at it, but of course we don't know all the details, but just hearing these kind of things, what do you think about this? Is this a good step forward, or is this backtracking and trying to take care of some people that you kind of want to break the rules a little bit? What do you think, Peyton? This is awful. I mean, WWE was heralded for having one of the best drug prop policies in any sports industry. And now to institute something like this, what's the point of even having strikes? You know, if you could just make something not count as a strike or just take strikes away, what's the point of having them? Yeah, I agree. Brian? It's, it's just a joke now. Ridiculous. Totally not ridiculous. I agree with Payton. It's you, you don't do that. This is basically opening the door... To every asshole who wants to juice up, and after they get caught, oh, I want help. 
I'm addicted to steroids and growth hormones. That's why why my pee pee has shrunk. It's just it's stupid, and the the whole de elevating focus of smaller guys in order to do, to set this thing in motion pisses me off, and it's another reason why the business is going down the shitter. Miguel. I think it's unfortunate, and I think you're going to see a lot of, of big stars abusing this, whether it's because they, they're, they're savvy or because WWE says, hey, um, you know, you might want to take advantage of this little loophole of ours so we don't have to take the belts off you. But I think we're going to still see people getting tagged with the wellness policy. I think you're going to see a lot more of the um, mid-card guys, though. I've said it before. I, I think now you're going to see a lot more main eventers using this. You're going to see a lot more sacrificial lamps from the mid card just to show, like, hey, you know, this whole thing isn't a joke. Look, we uh, we just suspended Yoshitatsu, right? That mm-hmm. that that's something. Now, now here's my question: Are they going to make when a person gets their strike eliminated by whatever means they have to do to do that? Is that going to be made public as well? I don't know. Or is that That's just going to be kind of, just kind of like for... brushed under the rug like, oh, yeah, this person only has one strike now. No big deal. Yeah. I think that they probably wouldn't mention it. And I, I think that think that might either. be a way for them to get around some other issues too. Um, honestly, though, I don't think this is the biggest issue that's going to come from this whole policy change. What do you um, think it is? Uh, I think to start, I watch out for the next few months. Um, you're going to see a lot of guys getting bigger. And that's because of testosterone replacement therapy. That thing is majorly abused in many different sporting leagues because basically you can get a note from a doctor if your testosterone goes low to get testosterone replacement therapy. And for those who don't know what it is, it's, a, it's effectively a legal way of juicing. And um, I think you're going to see a lot of that because it's very hard to regulate unless they're being checked every fucking week. So they can just up it and then lower it if they think they're going to get tested. Um and they will have a doctor's note, and they can get it through WWE by the sounds of it too. So, um, I think that's going to be a real problem. So, watch for some of some of the guys to maybe look a bit bigger. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Wago, but isn't this a big issue in the uh, MMA bus- in the MMA um, business now? Uh, yeah, especially with guys like Vito Belfort. Um, they're trying to regulate. Dana White's excuse is we regulate it through the government, but at the end of the day, the government shit. WWE's got a better uh, policy, so maybe they can do something about it. All right, guys, we have our first caller of the evening from 240 area code. What is your name? Where are you calling from? What's up? Oh, I think we lost him. Oh, no, 240, call back if you can. We'll try to get you on, 760-512-7247. Tell us what you were thinking, if we can uh, throw you on in the last few minutes that we have here. We're going to move along here with uh, another hot tag, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Seems like it might be happening. And there's rumors that Triple H and Stephanie definitely want it to happen. So it's all up to Shane McMahon if that ends up being uh, true. What do you guys think? I would, would love be, to see him back. It'd be a perfect plot point for this whole faction thing they've got going on at the moment. Um, having the sort of like the face guy come in and stand up for what's right. He'd be a great person to have for that. Apart from that, um, I don't know. I don't think he'll wrestle anymore. You know, not to the extent that he did before. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's all good. I I'm, I love Shane. He's one of my favorite uh, authority figures on the show, and I hope that they, he does come back at some point. Where you go? 
Oh, we got our caller on the line, actually. Oh, back. yeah. Okay, 240. Oh. Can you hear us, 240? Hello? What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Jeff Krupp. I'm calling from Maryland. Oh, it's Jeff. Hey, what's up, Jeff? Not much. All right, what so, did you, what's on your mind? Well, I kind of think that it is funny that, um, like, TNA's trying to rip off, like, WWE now. With, like, Dixie Carter playing the Vixen McMahon role and AJ Styles trying to be, like, CM Punk. But they're, like, taking it in the role where AJ's, like, going to all these other promotions, like, defending the title where CM Punk didn't do that. I think that's probably the one difference in it, in that he's actually defending it in other promotions. I think that's one of the biggest things that we have against TNA, that we we always say that WWE and TNA, they kind of borrow things back and forth between each other, but whenever TNA does something WWE used to do, it's never quite as good. Well, I kind of think it, like him defending it in other promotions would be good if they actually showed the matches. Like somehow put them on the internet or something, so then, like they got leaked. And like that way they could say that he's actually defending, and like the viewers could actually see his matches as he's defending the titles. Like, so they wouldn't like get promotions that way maybe that he's actually going around to other wrestling federations and like you know try to make it seem like he's actually you know not in the TNA when everybody knows he's actually still there yeah I mean that is something that that is something that they're trying to do a little bit different Um, we're going to pass this along to everybody else here is there anybody you want to give a shout out to or anything Jeff no, thank. I was just that was on my mind. All right, thanks for calling in, Jeff. All right, thanks. All right, guys. Uh, what do you think about the the situation with AJ Styles? Is this a little bit too much like CM Punk, or do you like this idea that he's defending the title? Payton? Uh, uh I don't really care. I I've completely lost interest in TNA. I'm at that point, like post Starcade 1997 WCW, where I. I, I really don't care at all. Honestly, I don't even wow. want to talk about it. It's done. No more you TNA. You lost faith please. in you lost faith in WCW in '97. Yep. Wow. He lost faith faith before it was cool. Yeah, hipster. <laughs> Miguel, since you're our resident uh, pro TNA, TNA guy expert? for the most part, what yeah. do you think about this? Are you a fan of it or what? I think it's a nice little cap in TNA's feather. I, I think they're really taking advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a nice little feather in TNA's cap is what I meant to say. I, I'm yeah. dyslexic tonight, apparently. It's, I was just trying to picture like someone trying to fit a, a cap on <laughs> a feather. TNA would do it backwards. They did the backwards Royal Rumbles. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I, that was embarrassing. Um, I think this is a this is a good thing. I think this is a great way for them to take advantage of all the deals they've had with all these outside promotions with. Muda's Wrestle One promotion with uh, AAA. Um, I I do think this is something WWE should have allowed, at least with something like a Ring of Honor or even some little no-name indie federation that they really don't have to worry about really taking too much advantage of it. 
you know, I know they did that thing where they had Punk appear at that um that one indie promotion um I forget what it was called, but he appeared at that one show. I think it was a, I think one of the um one of the uh wrestlers had like a a mental disorder or something and he he gave him kind of a thumbs up. Um but um I think this is interesting. If it were any other promotion, it'd be it'd be a, a really big positive, but I think it's a little it's too little too late for TNA in terms of in terms of getting any buzz off of it. Um I think it's going to be great strengthening the relationship between these companies, but I don't see this getting them much press outside of that. Brian? Yeah, I'm a pain. I don't really give a shit. The end of the day with TNA, it's too little too late with everything they've done. There's no there's no point them even going this road. It's like Oh, Dixie's the big heel now. And Wells is new. Dixie's a twat. Yes, we know. <clears throat> I don't legitimately... The, the thing about Vince, people actually hated Vince. No one hates Dixie. They feel sorry for her. It's a difference. Hmm. Way go? I think they're doing what WWE should have done with Punk, but here's the thing. No one gives a shit about AJ Styles, and it's not mainstream, so no one gives a fuck. So I get what they're doing, and it's not bad booking, which is fucking new from TNA. Uh, but it's just a situ- it's, it's in a situation where it's not going to matter. Going back to what we were talking about before, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, if he does end up popping up and we do see Shane McMahon at WrestleMania in some capacity. Now, Burham was saying he doesn't think he's ever going to wrestle again. I would agree. I don't think Shane is going to wrestle Um Let's take that topic. Do you, does anybody here think he actually will? No. He might do like a match at some point. I don't think that's going to be his big return. I think he's been away from the ring way too long. I think he's 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 been doing the business thing for so long. I I really would not expect him to get back in the ring. There really isn't much of an incentive for him to do that. I think just seeing him pop up given all the ugliness between him and his old man with him guilt, with him leaving the company would be enough. I don't think he really needs to go out there and bloody himself up because you know if he did, that's what would happen. I mean, Shane McMahon is a show stealer. I think that if he just came on an episode of Raw, it would do so much just for him to show up and here uh here comes the money, everybody will go freaking nuts. There's not many people that when you hit their theme song people will pop huge for anymore. I mean, we saw that with The Rock. We would see it if the rumors are true that Hulk Hogan will show up. We'd clearly see it with Goldberg. But there's not many other people. And I think Shane McMahon, that would be one of those instances where that could be a huge pop. And it doesn't matter if he wrestles. It doesn't matter if he just gets his ass kicked by Triple H, maybe. Or whoever ends up fighting... Triple H at WrestleMania, maybe Shane is on board with Triple H or something, I don't know, but uh, I would love to see Shane involved in some way, as long as it's not Shane against Triple H, I don't think that that necessarily would be a good idea. Well, maybe now that Kane's took the mask off again, he can electrocute Shane's testicles again. (laughs) The issue that I'm having with with the whole storyline that they've got going on at the moment is nothing's clear-cut. They're trying to play this whole no one's actually a heel or a face. And this is where the problem lies with Shane. They have to cement it. If he's going to come back, he's got to come back as the good guy. 
Mm-hmm. He can't come back as the bad guy. He can't come back as one of the, the Maman Helmsley guys. They need to blur the lines a little bit and have that real-life tension between him, his sister, and Triple H in there. If they do that, if they cave, if they literally like play it as a work shoot, I think that people will go freaking nuts. I don't, and the reason I say no is because then it's going to be more about just the whole infighting between the McMahons, and I think I had plenty of an, of that in the early 2000s post invasion, and it just I, I I don't need any more of that the McMahon infighting. If I never see them see them have a have a feud with each other, it'll be too soon. Well, they're going to need someone to do that because they're the be all and end all at the moment. They make the rules, unless they actually bring out an authority figure. Um, to represent the board of directors, they need someone who has to clash with these guys and give the the faces an upper hand. Because at the moment, these guys are going from decision to decision, and then somehow a face gets an upper hand. It it doesn't work because the power should be with them. They should be the clear cut heels. I agree, but if it were if WWE did this, it would end up being the, the final product would be a McMahon versus McMahon fight and. I think in this one it has to be a, a babyface wrestler versus the authority. Well, and couldn't we have a, um, a a way that the Shane's there to support the babyface wrestler? That Shane's there um, trying to sway the board of directors to give him full control. As an as an ally, as a liaison, yeah, I can I can see that. I just don't want him to be one of the huge focuses. I think it still needs to focus on the workers versus the authority. And if you bring Shane in. It, there's a chance that if they bring Shane in, it's just going to be Shane versus his his siblings, and I think that that takes too much uh, emphasis away from the wrestlers. The wrestlers just become an afterthought, and I don't well, want that to happen. If you say have partner up with someone like Daniel Bryan, and have him being his biggest supporter and and trying to help Bryan uh, through this situation, I'd be all for it because again, Shane, given any heat that's happened between like the McMahons. That could help elevate someone. Hell, the, the whole issue with Vince at one point elevated Bobby Lashley, who was shit. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, if they can pull it off without going too far with it, then yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to see Shane kind of be the thorn in the authority side. It would be very believable. It'd bring a sense of realism to it that I think this, this storyline could really use. All right, guys. We're just about out of time, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick run around for everybody and start talking about all the things that we've got going on outside of Smack Talk and all the plugs that we can take care of. So, Peyton, start us off. Well, I am the master of operations here at Mega Powers Radio, and we appreciated having Smack Talk bless us with their presence for this one-night special, the Fallout Brawl, whatever. <laughs> the Fall Down. <laughs> the Fall Down. <laughs> Uh, it's a really fun night as usual, and we have fun stuff going almost every single night. Check it out at megapowersradio.com, facebook.com slash megapowersradio, and youtube.com slash megapowersradio. Also check out one of my other shows that I have here, Keeping Kayfabe. It's a wrestling show as well where we're going to be talking about wrestling matches from the past and all sorts of other cultures. I'm retooling the show right now, but that's going to be airing on Thursdays, 9 p.m., head-to-head with that other crappy wrestling show that I don't give a shit about anymore, so I'm not even going to bother giving it that much promotion. We also have the Monday Night Raw post-show that airs on this network every Monday night following the conclusion of Monday Night Raw, so tune in for that. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Thanks, Tony. Miguel? 
Uh, well, um, I guess I could just plug fanboysanonymous.com, plug my uh, blog, 90s Kid Presents. I'm still working on that second part of the uh, top 16 games list that I'm working on. Um, I've also been working on the stuff for uh, This Job for Hire, which is Michael Burahan's original TV series. Suck on that, Chris Jericho. <laughs> and so check that out. Check out Nerd Genius, obviously, you know, tangential to that. Uh, fanboysanonymous.com. And check out tomorrow's episode of I Got Gameplay. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, console launches, just kind of in general, just whatever stories people have about it, and just kind of the, the, the big launches, you know, just... Basically, we're going to talk about uh, the PS4 just came out. That's why we're talking about console launches, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Burhan. I tried. I'm going to see if I can be there tomorrow. I don't know how my schedule is going to be. I don't know what I'm going to have planned, but I would love to be a part of that. But yeah, check awesome. out tomorrow's episode of I Got Gameplay. Did you just call me Burhai? Burhan. <laughs> I, I, um, I, 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 it's late, all right? Screw it. <laughs> Behind. Behind. Uh, oh no! I said behind. I said I, 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 my schedule. Uh, something about my schedule being behind or something. But I think it just kind of melded with Burhan. Wego, what's your plugs? All right. Well, you can join me and my wife as we're addicted to anime on this Sunday, and that'll be airing at is it eight o'clock or nine o'clock, Peyton? You tell me. I don't know. Eight o'clock. Yes. Then. <laughs> yes. And, of course, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can find me over on Dreamily Radio for a unanimous decision as we're going to be talking what will be the result of UFC 167 between Johnny Hendricks and GSP. Uh, I, myself, have got Hendricks winning that. Uh, Brandon Lagan has got GSP. So we'll see who gets to rub it in whose face. And Burhind himself, Burhind, uh, what are your plugs? Uh, as always, guys, check out I Got Gameplay. Uh, 8 p.m. Saturdays, heavily plugging that at the moment. Um, we're doing really, really well in terms of our listeners. Uh, so thank you, everybody that's basically been tuning in. We've had some great shows going on. Um, make sure that you check out this show for hire, as Miguel said. We've got episode three coming up. I'm going to be shooting it on the 23rd, hopefully have it up by the 28th. Uh, I'm doing some exciting projects at the moment with Negro Entertainment. We're being commissioned to do a Turkish series. Um, which is going to be happening. Got to go and put the plans in through that. Have a um, a pitch that I've actually introduced as well as part of the company to a big um, company in regards to a comic book series. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to find out. I'll, I'll let you guys know what's happening in terms of that eventually if it goes through. Um, we're just on the planning stages at the moment. And um, make sure you check out www.fanboysanonymous.com where for everything geek, of course, they host I Got Gameplay. They have loads of articles that I've actually released out on there as well, including some short articles, some good stuff. I've got an article that's killing it this month on a GTA Online and a glitch that's still being used. I haven't actually plugged it yet. Eventually, I think they will. Um, and uh, pretty much that that's pretty much it, guys. And again, thank you for supporting Mega Powers Radio, I Got Gameplay, and Nerd Genius, Enigma Entertainment, Fanboys and Arms, etc. Thanks for supporting that because you guys without you there'd be no us all right guys as always there's the sign me up initiative bring a smart out moment sign to any kind of wrestling event send me a picture or video of it and i'll put it up next week on the episode of smack talk as well as on the website smartoutmoment.com looking for those writers so send me those emails if you're interested check out everything else with a mango tree including fanboys anonymous for everything geek 
And the YouTube channel for that, which we will be relaunching, youtube.com slash fanboysanon, A-N-O-N. So suck on that, YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> Remember that you can send in your monthly mailbag questions for next month, which we will be doing when we cover the TLC pay-per-view predictions. Our next episode of Smack Talk is going to be covering Survivor Series pay-per-view predictions. But all in all, that is going to knock us out for this Fallout Fest live edition of Smack Talk. This has been yet another smart out moment, and we're being counted out. Adios, everybody. <laughs>